Dr. Hageman. Okay, it's working perfectly. Yeah, great. Hi, Dr. Dylan. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, no problem. Oh, um, well, it's a very exciting time of the year. You're wrapping up residency and getting ready to start fellowship, and you are a busy mom and a resident. Oh, my goodness. There's so much to talk about. Yes. <laughs> Oh, congratulations on all of it, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm very excited. Um, And it's just kind of like, oh, my gosh, it's kind of hard to believe that, like, this next, you know, phase of life is coming and residency is ending. It's still so, so surreal. (laughs) I know. It's it's one of those things that time sometimes seems to pass so slowly and then all of a sudden it's over. Yes. (laughs) It's a very odd thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, wow. Well, we're so excited. So we just recently talked with Dr. Ashley Veed about her experience, you know, kind of going through infertility treatment and uh, being a doctor and going through that. And um, we would love to follow up with just how you're choosing to enter this field of reproductive endocrine and, and fertility and just a little bit about your journey through OBGYN and choosing the next step. Um, you know, you have a lot of, you know, experience to share with us. So we're so excited to hear about it. Yeah. Um, so, um, I, I guess my passion for OBGYN really just like started in medical school. I loved women's health care. I, uh, was, I gravitated towards all the courses that talked about like the menstrual cycle (laughs) that talked about like, you know, pelvic anatomy and, um, embryology and pregnancy. Those were the courses I like, you know, we're, we're really excited about. Um, mm-hmm. And then as a uh, fourth year medical school student, I, uh, student, I did a, a sub-I and I did a sub-I in REI with a faculty at UT Southwestern. And I, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I just love the diversity of what she did every day in her office. So she, you know, was taking care of patients going through IVF, but also just taking care of patients with like diagnoses with like PCOS and um, other type of endocrinology disorders. She also like took care of, you know, patients who were pediatric patients. And um, she did a lot of work in the pediatric and adolescent gynecology field. And so I just love the diversity of what she did in her office. And so that kind of just like, kind of like sparked like the, the light bulb of maybe REI might be something I wanted to do in my future. And so um, I definitely looked for a residency program that offered, you know, uh, you know, a great variety of all of the, like the GYN fellowships. So like WashU definitely had all of them, including like REI and MIS and mm-hmm. all of those. And so when I got here, I was like, oh, you know, maybe REI, but I, you know, I kind of wanted to leave myself open to see um, what else was offered. Um, and so I did my REI um, rotation my second year, because here at WashU, we do it our second year. And again, like I, I loved it. I loved like, you know, watching the physicians take their patients through their IVF cycles. I loved watching the egg retrievals and watching them in the OR doing their laparoscopic cases. I just really enjoyed uh, the majority of the work they did. And I just love the patient um, relationships and interactions that they have with their patients, especially during like the most vulnerable times in their lives. I just wanted to, you know, someday be able to have the opportunity to be a part of that work. And so 
luckily I was, you know, I have the opportunity to do that now. So I'm very excited. Um, can you talk a little bit about your experience rotating through REI here? Um, like you said, you wanted to leave yourself open and, and see everything. Um, you know, what, what is it like doing REI here at WashU and, um, you know, when do you get to experience? I know that's, it's changed a little bit in recent years. So I'm curious to hear how you experienced it in relation to other specialties. Yeah. So I took my REI rotation, my second year, I took it at the beginning of my second year because I kind Mm -hmm. of, I was really interested at that point. I was really interested. So I kind of wanted to get a a really early experience in it and it it was great. So we rotate with the faculty in clinic um, during the week and we get to work uh, with, um, a lot, a lot of different faculty. So there's, you know, a faculty who, who's on IVF that week. So we get to rotate with them in, um, in procedures. So like with egg retrievals and embryo transfers. Um, and then in clinic, we get to work with the faculty who are seeing their patients um, in clinic, following up, seeing new patients. Um, on one of the days, I think it was on Thursdays, we also got to work with one of the faculty who really focuses on patients who have like PCOS or endocrine endocrine disorders. And so that was very interesting. And then on Fridays, we actually got to um, go to the OR with them. So whenever they were doing like laparoscopic procedures in the hospital, um, we got to like be a part of that. So um, it was very interesting. We worked really closely with the fellows as well. So um, during the um, whole rotation process, um, the fellows uh, were really great at like uh, teaching us and taking us under their wing. And then um, we also got to participate with in their journal clubs. I think that's on Wednesdays. I don't know if it's still on Wednesdays now, but like we were able to fo- uh, to join in their journal club and then their just IVF conferences where they talked about um, the patients that they were um, taking through IVF and if they had like any questions from the department of how they should tailor their treatment. So it was it was very interesting and it was a very like well-rounded um, rotation. That's great. And that was nice that you had the ability to, um, it sounded like it was more of a preference that was able to be achieved by doing it earlier in the year. Um, do you work with your classmates on figuring that out? Yeah. So the chiefs at the time who made the schedule, the chief residents, like I just reached out and was basically like, oh my gosh, like I would love to be able to take this rotation earlier second year because, you know, we only get one REI rotation. I kind of wanted to know early on um, if, if, if this, if that, um, if that was the road, like the specialty I wanted sure. to do. And so like, they were very like forthcoming and like, Oh yes. Yeah. Like, and they, you know, they made it. So I like, took it like very early my second year. So it's very appreciative. <laughs> that is great. That's um, I think that's, that's wonderful. And um, I think that probably set the scene then to continue to build a strong application. Can you talk a little bit about the process of applying for fellowship and, advice for people who might be interested specifically in REI um, given your experience? Yeah. So I, I will be so totally honest when I thought about applying to REI at first, I was so, so, so nervous. I was like, Oh my gosh, this specialty is so um, competitive. Like what, like, am I able, am I going to be able to be a competitive applicant for this application cycle? And so I started, you know, thinking about this, the end of my intern year and I was like, Oh my gosh, what I have to do to, you know, be a competitive applicant. So the first thing I did was find a mentor. 
I found a mentor. Um, I actually reached out to one of the REI fellows um, and I was like, oh my gosh, can you just help me? I was <laughs> interested in this, but I don't know what to do to make it happen. And she was so kind and so sweet. Um, she like, first of all, I was like, Mandy, you're still in your intern year. Just finish your intern year. <laughs> And you can start thinking about like, you know, research and your research project second year. And so she kind of gave me like a really good roadmap on the things I should be focusing on um, to make myself, um, you know, a really good applicant. Um, once I did get to my second year, um, we started chatting about, you know, possible research projects, um, some of the things that she was already working on and some of the, you know, interests that I had um, and how we could make those come together and come up with a good research project. Um, after I did my REI rotation my second year, um, we then um, talked to one of the faculty in the REI division, and we were able to come up with a, a research question or project that I was able to do, um, and was able to do that, um, to complete that research throughout second year, and then uh, presented as an abstract at ASRM um, my third year. Um, and so, um, so I think, I guess, one of the biggest um, pieces of advice I have for people who want to apply to REI or just any fellowship in general is just to find a mentor who really um, has, like, your best interests at heart and wants you to succeed because I feel like she really made life um, a little, a, a lot easier for me because she, she honestly just went to th through the process in her recent years, right? She was a fellow. Yeah. She knew, like, you know, the application cycle. She knew uh, when I was actually doing interviews, like, where she interviewed at and what certain programs were looking for and um, what they focused on in fellowship. She actually knew some, you know, REI uh, fellows at different programs, and she was able to get me in contact with some of them. So she was just a great um, throughout the whole process. And then she was able to get me in touch with the REI faculty at WashU. And through them, I was able to um, complete research. And they also gave me great advice throughout the whole entire application cycle. Sounds very smooth. <laughs> I am sure that you felt a little bit, you know, challenges and bumps along the way. Um, would you mind sharing any kind of challenges that you found or, you know, what what do you think was the hardest part about it? Yeah, I would say I think the hardest part about the application cycle was just, um, I mean, I would say it was trying to figure out what my priorities were for this next part of my life. So I knew, you know, I wanted to go to a great program, but I also knew that I wanted to geographically be near my family. And so knowing all those factors and also just like relaying all of those wants to, you know, the, to my mentors at WashU, you know, I, of course, like, you know, if I had the opportunity to stay here, I would have loved it, but just like, you know, I would, I wanted to be near my family and because I had, you know, a baby in residency, I wanted to be near um, people who were, who would, you know, be able to like support me through this next fellowship. Um, cycle. So I think that just like prioritizing my wants and making them known was kind of hard. Um, and then also just making sure that I was a competitive uh, applicant to get into those <laughs> programs. <laughs> so, it was, you know, it was, it was a little bit stressful. Um, but again, I think having that mentorship and just really being honest about what you would like to see in this next move in your career was very important. Thank you. Wow. Um, that's great. And you did 
end up closer to your family, right? That's, that's yeah. the end result. Tell us about finding out the news. <laughs> oh my gosh. So <laughs> it was, uh, so I, you know, I came home to, you know, open my match day results. Cause I don't know. I just wanted to make sure that I was at least in a place where I could just like, you know, be like in, in a peaceful setting just in case you know things didn't work out the way they were you know I wanted them to but actually um, my um, my fellow who was uh, my mentor at the time I think like you know they actually got the match results before I did oh <laughs> And so um, she was like, did you, do you hear, did you hear the news? I'm like, no, 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 I haven't opened it yet. And she's like, oh, oh, okay. And so <laughs> I, quickly, I quickly opened it. And of course it, it was uh, the program. I, that was my first choice. I, I matched at Baylor in Houston and I was like, oh my gosh. And I was just, so, I, oh my, it was, it was at first I was just like in a state of like shock you know you're just like oh my gosh did this really happen <laughs> um but and then of course I quickly like message her back like oh my gosh yes 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 <laughs> and so so it was it was a very special experience and then um and so and then after that of course the um the program director um she called me and I was just it was just really amazing I was very happy oh, fantastic congratulations yeah. That's yeah so exciting and so well deserved and and yeah. just really great I mean so lucky for those ladies who are going to have you helping them through the process of getting pregnant and having a baby and oh, amazing yeah. so um and speaking of that you have gone through that process yourself as a resident having a baby and so we would love to hear a little bit about that oh my gosh yeah <laughs> I had I had a baby my second year of residency and I would say gosh, the most rewarding experience of, of my life, but also one of the most challenging experience of my life, I would say having a baby in residency quickly taught me how to even better manage my time. And, mm -hmm. the, and it quickly taught me time efficiency. Um, it, but it also really taught me just like, just priorities in life. Like I, I, I looked at, you know, myself as a doctor myself as a mom just life in general in a totally different way and it also just gave me that experience and it really like I think made me a better doctor when providing care especially in our like you know OB clinic and postpartum clinic because I'm just like oh my gosh like you know it's really cool once you've gone through it to to really be able to provide you know counseling and um, advice to patients um, so I I I definitely would say one of the hardest experiences of my life. Uh, but I think one of the most, uh, no, not think, I know one of the most rewarding. <laughs> mm. um, and I just think that if um, any, the advice I have, if anyone wants to do it, is just, you know, making sure you really prioritize your time. Like the one thing I learned was making sure my time at work, I worked very efficiently, got all my work done at home. Like I never leave clinic without notes being done. Cause once I get home, like my time with my, um, with my daughter and my husband is like first priority. So I always just try to be as efficient at work as possible. Um, and then just, you know, um, really, I think one of the hardest parts was like, I came back um, from maternity leave and I actually came back to GYN oncology, which was one of the more harder rotations, but, you know, just learning how to like, you know, 
prioritize time. And then like, you know, I learned how to really um, pump quickly, um, <laughs> but also making sure that, you know, that my team and my fellows knew that, you know, I'm, I'm pumping, I need a pump for my child, you know, making sure that yeah. they knew those priorities. And, you know, just I, it, you can make it work as long as you, you know, you make, you make it a priority. And, um, but yeah, it, it's been great. She's, she's two now. So I have a two wow. year old, um, which has been also very interesting. <laughs> um, but we're, we're really loving it. It's, it's a great time. <laughs> she's probably everywhere at this point, right? Absolutely. Running. Yes. Uh-huh. Everywhere and talking and she's wow. great. Yeah. <laughs> That is awesome. And I remember when you came back from maternity leave and um, one of the things that struck me was just really the kind of general overwhelming supportive environment that I think you guys create as residents. Um, I do, I see it and really appreciate that about you guys. I think it seemed like it was a, a welcoming environment for you to do that, even though it was a challenging and busy rotation. Oh, yes. It was, I, I totally agree. Actually, one of my um, fellow residents, she was uh, she also recently delivered and she literally showed me where all the pumps, breast pumps were hidden in the hospital. <laughs> so, she, so we were able to make a, a like a map of like all the different places. Like if you were in like, you know, pod one or, you know, in another place where you could, you know, you know, pump efficiently and get back to wherever you need to go. So yeah, we, I think we as residents really do take care of each other. And I was, I think I was greatly supported by the fellows, um, especially because they, you know, they definitely helped me at times where I had to like leave and go, you know, pump and come back. And they were very, very supportive and the faculty as well. So I totally agree. And I do think also just noticing the lactation sites that have popped up I think this is a huge improvement over the past five to 10 years. And I'm so glad that when we built Parkview Tower, it came with a lactation, I don't know, there's six or seven rooms or something like that down right in the OR, right? Yeah, no, like literally the OR is on the third floor and the lactation suite is on the first floor. So you just have to take the elevator down and it's right there. So no, it's, it was great to have that resource and made everything so much easier. Um, So I really do appreciate that that was put in place. Well, amazing to, to, I mean, it really feels like a juggling act sometimes, doesn't it? (laughs) Um, You know, a lot of balls in the air and a lot of, a lot of things going on in your life, but um, how do you manage the stress that comes with all of that what do you do for for your own personal wellness and making sure that that it's not getting to be too many balls in the air oh my gosh I think that's still an ever-evolving um process and question I think um as I'm like ending residency, I've really learned, like, especially in residency when so much of your time has just, you know, not your own, like you're working 60 to 80 hours a week sometimes, um, you really learn how important wellness is. And you, and you really learn how to prioritize the time that you do have to really make it um, as beneficial towards your wellness as possible. So I, of course, you know, you take great lengths to like, you know, spend as much time with my child and my husband mm-hmm. as possible, but also just like time by myself <laughs> is so important to like, just process everything that I'm going through on a daily basis. So like, you know, I definitely have hobbies. I love to read. I 
took up cross stitching in residency. Like, you know, I tried to take up things where, you know, I could literally just step away from work and even step away from being a mom for like an hour or so and just really focus on things that I enjoy, you know, doing. Um, But yeah, I think that, you know, being very purposeful about doing that is very important. Um, And then, of course, just like I think, you know, making sure that you do have those people around you who you can talk to you about, talk about like the hard times. Like I can honestly say like, you know, my fellow residents, especially um, um, the residents in my class have become very close to me because, you know, we're able to talk about some of those hard and challenging days and you are able to talk with someone who clearly understands some of the things that you're going through. So um, I think all of that um, has been very important throughout my residency time. Really exciting to hear how excited you are about your next steps too. Um, what do you think? You know, you mentioned your research project you presented at ASRM, which is the um, Reproductive Endocrine Infertility um, big meeting, right? That's mm-hmm. the major meeting. So you got to present there. Now this was during COVID. So I imagine it was, um, it was virtual. Mm-hmm. Yes. Virtual. Yeah. So we, uh, we did a, um, well, specifically, I'm very interested in um, healthcare disparities throughout, like, you know, women's healthcare in general, but in general, but specifically in reproductive endocrinology. Um, so we did a project that evaluated the IVF outcomes of our Black patients here in the um, WashU REI clinic and compared them to our the IVF outcomes of our um, white patients here. Um, and we were trying to see if they, you know, differed, like if they had a difference in live birth rate and a difference in, you know, miscarriage after an IVF cycle, things like that. Um, and we yeah. presented it as a um, poster presentation at um, ASRM. And it was, it was, it, it, it was a great project. It was the first project I really took through like the whole cycle. Like I, we applied for an IRB for it and we, you know, went through the process of data analysis and um, writing up the abstract and, um, you know, working with a statistician, all of those things. I, I, I would say before residency, I didn't really have like a very, very, very strong like research resume under my belt. So again, like having that mentorship from my REI fellow who really like showed me how to do this whole research um, project was so great. And it was a great learning experience. Um, but we, we saw that, um, that the outcomes didn't really differ like when it came to like live birth rate um, in um, cumulative life birth rate and miscarriage. But um, we also saw that our patient population, our sample size of black patients was very small. Only 6% of our patients in our group was um, were black patients. And I think that that was a more um, interesting finding because um, about 50% of St. Louis city is African-American. And so I think it really shows um, the discrepancy of like, of patients who are from marginalized communities being able to get care, um, and I and I and it, it was just really eye opening. I think um, there's a lot of work to be done in in the specific field. Um, I think that um, there's uh, lots of opportunities to do more research. You know, we did evaluate um, outcomes amongst other patient groups like Hispanic patients or mm-hmm. Asian Asian patients, but I. 
I truly think that was very interesting. And I can't wait to possibly do more of that type of research in the future. Yeah, and um, I really appreciated your presentation, hearing it at Rothman last week. Um, great job. And <laughs> yeah. it, you know, it definitely was very striking. And I think, you know, we continue to unearth and, and really put out there more and more discrepancies in care. And so what do you think are next steps to increase access um, and awareness of the services that REI provides? I mean, do you have any, any thoughts on how to increase those numbers or, or, you know, just thoughts in general on, on what are the next steps? Yeah. So I think that that's a very, um, that's a complex question because <laughs> we already know that, um, like there's been studies that, you know, I, I, you know, I always think like, oh, like maybe if we had a, you know, a mandate, you know, insurance mandate that covers, you know, infertility coverage to a certain amount for patients here in Missouri, which we don't, would that improve outcomes? Well, there are studies that show that, uh, you know, insurance mandates alone, like, and by themselves have not really improved insurance out, or out, IVF outcomes um, uh, amongst African-American patients. But there's also a study that shows, especially like, I think it was in a, um, in a, a military hospital in DC where like there was equal access um, to IVF services. Uh, African-American patients were three times more likely to access those services. Mm. So, you know, I think it's a it's a mixed question, but we also know that African-Americans are more likely to present to care, especially to um, to an REI specialist later, you know, in life compared yeah. to, you know, other patients. And so that in itself uh, makes their chances of positive outcomes lower just because they present at an older age. Um, so I think I think it's a combination of all those things, right, of patient education, making sure people are aware that you know, of the services that are available, but also making sure that, you know, this, this type of um, care, REI care is available to everyone. Um, And right now, like, especially like here in, in Missouri, we don't have a mandate that covers infertility, um, especially not one in um, that uh, extends to Medicaid and and, and patients Mm -hmm. on public assistance. Um, So I think it's a very, um, a very complex question, but I think that it will require like a, a multifaceted solution when it, like patient education, um, access to care. Um, but I would love, and I still am learning, I would love to continue to do research to try to find that answer. That is, that's, yeah, and I'm sure that it is equally as complex in Texas. Um, yeah. Yes. But- very kind of similar but different issues with women's health care in Texas. So yes. goodness, you've got your work cut out for you for sure. <laughs> yeah. So proud of you. I mean, it's just been amazing. I, this time of yours is incredibly, uh, I don't know, bittersweet, right? Um, I, I feel like we have become part of the WashU family. You were from the moment you walked in the door. Um, it's just incredible. And so it's just with a little bit of bittersweet feelings that we send you off. <laughs> but so thankful for having you here with us for the past four years and um, just 
so proud of you. Congratulations. Oh, well, well, thank you. And I am very appreciative to have had the opportunity to come here. I truly believe that leaving here, I'll be excellently trained and ready to pursue whatever I decide to, you know, whatever type of practice I decide to have in the future. So I'm very, very appreciative to watch you for that. Oh, great. Um, and this is the part where we probably have covered a lot of things, but I always want to make sure that the else that you wanted to bring up, you have the chance to do it. Um, <laughs> any parting advice or anything else that you would like to share? I would say, um, especially to people who are pursuing um, fellowship in the future and are nervous about it, I totally was. I think that, you know, just um, preparing early and finding that mentorship was very, you know, rewarding for me. Um, And then just, you know, believe in yourself, like you, like you can do this. Like I, I, this process was very daunting to me at first, but with the appropriate mentorship and just with a lot of hard work and effort, like it happened. And um, so I think that if it's something that you really want, you can definitely achieve it. That is awesome advice. <laughs> now, Dr. Dillon, if you were to have a walk-up song for your residency graduation, are we doing that this year? Have you heard of that? I have not heard of that. Uh, I have not heard of that. Hopefully, I would love to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What would your walk-up song be? Oh, my gosh. Dr. Hageman, you're putting me on the spot. (laughs) That was not on the list of the questions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I would say uh, the song, This Will Be an Everlasting Love, that song, because that's, like, one of my mom's favorite songs. And we listen to it all the time on road trips, so that will probably be my song. <laughs> I can totally see that. I can, I'm, I'm picturing you walking up to that song. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Um, great. Well, thank you so much uh, for sharing your time and, and your passion and all of your hard work and energy. Um, it's just really awesome to, to see where you're going and we wish you all the best at Baylor. We're going to miss you, but um, really, really happy. And, and I think that this will hopefully be very helpful for people who are thinking about applying to fellowship. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. I'll see you soon. All right. Bye-bye.